Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Ah, bonjour. Bonjour, bonjour. Ah. I'm always so grateful and thankful that we get to join together by means of this radio show. I have an opportunity many times when I'm traveling, when I'm offering workshops and classes and retreats, I get to meet you, (laughs) the beautiful folks who are sharing this space with me. And uh, that's a pretty wonderful, marvelous thing. Uh, right now, I'm in the Santa Barbara area. I've been visiting my goddaughter, who was in a play at school, and who is graduating from sixth grade this week. So, yeah, I'm excited to share some sunny California weather with you. And let us begin with a prayer. So grateful to place my hand on my heart, to take this breath of love and gratitude, and to open myself to the power and the presence of love shining in my heart and in my mind. I am grateful, I am thankful to say yes to the unlimited, unprecedented flow of divine love and wisdom. Grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the higher Holy Spirit self. We're partnering up with pure spirit, with our own holiness, with the mighty I Am presence. The Holy Spirit is guiding us, leading us. Our intention is to awaken. Our intention is to accept the atonement for ourselves and to recognize that all are worthy. We are worthy. All are worthy. We are truly grateful and truly thankful to say Yes, to our worthiness, our holiness, and to recognize it fully. We put the Holy Spirit in charge, and we are grateful and thankful to let it be so. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Hmm. So, our topic this week is Worthy to Minister, which is an issue that I have struggled with myself. It was a major issue for me. It was one of the reasons why I really struggled to stop playing small and why now I offer classes and retreats and how to stop playing small. I, I, I struggled for many, many years with unworthiness and I didn't even know that's what it was because I was arrogant and I felt confident but I didn't even realize how deeply unworthy it was that I felt and I'm so happy someone asked me to speak about this topic I'm not calling out the names of the people who asked um You know who you are, (laughs) and I'm grateful that I had a healing of those feelings of unworthiness. So just to share, I know for many, many years I felt uh, deeply, profoundly that things in the world had to change in order for me to be an effective, productive, successful minister. I truly believed that things in the world had to change. I believed that I needed to be able to reach more people in order to be effective and to be successful. I believed that I needed to know more about marketing in order to be successful. I felt I needed to be a better teacher in order to be more successful. All these things I thought I needed that were externals, that were impinging upon my ability to be an effective minister. And a couple of things shifted for me. One was 
I began to do the workbook even though I didn't know the workbook, didn't have the workbook, didn't have A Course in Miracles, wasn't thinking about A Course in Miracles. But I began to, I aligned with Mahatma Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. through a program called A Season for Nonviolence. And I became in Los Angeles at Agape where I was in the pre-practitioner classes, I began to serve on the committee that was producing that first season for nonviolence at Agape in Los Angeles. And so I was on that steering committee, and then I became the volunteer coordinator. And so for a number of months, I was doing a weekly orientation for the volunteers, because we had hundreds of volunteers, and I was explaining to them what the personal practice of nonviolence was, and I began to write daily inspiration of ways to practice nonviolence. So this is where, truly, my ministry began, 1997. and. And then I began teaching the artist's way. That's where my, and sending out daily inspiration to my friends and people who were interested in receiving it. So I started to write uh, ways to practice nonviolence and looking at them in terms of what I myself was learning about my own practice of nonviolence. So part of it was I was partnering up with spirit and particularly with the the field of energy that was Gandhi and King, Mahatma Gandhi from India and Martin Luther King Jr. from the United States and their spirit and the the, the movement of energy we could say that was what they brought forth into the world and what they taught about nonviolence. And so in tuning in with that field of energy, I began to look for all the ways in my life that I was behaving violently, mostly towards myself, but also towards others. And that really was the beginning for me of practicing A Course in Miracles, even though I didn't have A Course in Miracles, and I'd heard of it, but I, I was I was nowhere near A Course in Miracles, didn't pick it up, didn't see it, didn't think about it. But I began to look for all the ways in my life where I was energizing violence. And this is where I just would start to think, if I eat that in that way, will that be like a personal act of violence? If I say that, would that be a personal act of violence? If I think that, would that be a personal act of violence? So I began to look for the ways to shift my energy. And at the time, I had a lot of hostility. And I I began to realize that underneath anger is a lot of fear, and underneath that fear is hurt. And uh, this is something that I began to understand about myself, and now I teach whole classes about it, and I'm sure I've got radio shows about it. I'm not going to go into that right now, not feeling called to that. So... Uh, but I was an, I'm sure you can find an, at least one episode about anger <laughs> in the archive of 350 shows or whatever we have now. And I'm sure I talk about that in there. And because anger was the thing that I felt comfortable expressing most of the time. So the personal practice of nonviolence helped me work with that and it also helped me move into ministry. And uh, in A Course in Miracles, uh, there's a lot in the actual course itself, in the course lessons about ministering. And in the 
manual for teacher, there's a lot in there about being a teacher of God. And so first I'm just going to address the, uh, the basic thing. Is there a difference between a minister and a teacher of God? And, uh, what I'm getting from spirit right this minute is yes, there is. Uh, a minister is a teacher of God, teacher of God, and we ministering is something we do. A teacher of God is who we are, and so a teacher of God is one who has been has at one point in their life experience, not seeing others as separate or their needs as separate, their beingness, their desires as separate. So if you've ever had a feeling of unity or oneness with another person, even just recognizing that sense of unity in terms of I care enough about this person, then there's that that sense of being a teacher of God. And God employs us. God trains us. God qualifies us. This is the truth of it. And so what I know in my heart is that we're all called to be teachers of God, and we're all called to minister to our brothers and sisters. And what does that really mean, to minister to someone? It's to have compassion, to extend a hand. I know when I... Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to take a sip of my tea here. Need some really yummy tea this morning. <laughs> uh, when we're ministering to someone, we're extending love. And love is the healer because love is our true identity. So any time that we're vibrating with love, loving intention, ex intending to extend love, to express love, to share love, to be love. Any time that we're doing that, we are a teacher of God and we're ministering to those around us. So it's about being, being the minister, being the teacher of God. All are called and all are worthy. We're all called to be a teacher of God. We're all called to minister to ourselves and to those around us by having compassion and extending love. Those are the basics of it. And then what I know a lot of people are asking about is, what about having either a profession as a minister or it's... It's what you do when you're not at work, you're not with your family, that you are uh, a volunteer minister. Well, there's a lot of room in the ministering profession for people who would like to minister. And one of the most helpful things for me that I learned in my ministerial training, because just, just a little history about me, I was uh, a professional writer. And uh, so I, I learned about the business of entertainment, thinking that I wanted to work in the music industry. And then after working in the music industry, I decided I didn't want to work in the music industry anymore. And I went back to the theater, which is what I learned in college, because when I was in college uh, in the late 70s, or early 80s, there were no programs about business of music so I decided to study the business of theater instead and then because 
Broadway theater, etc. There were theater programs that I could make my own uh, business of theater, theater production kind of uh, major out of, which I did. I, I went to Emerson College in Boston. And I was a theater major, general theater major, and I specialized in the business of theater, and I worked at the Colonial Theater, and I worked with Broadway producers that were doing shows on tryout in Boston, which was a lot of fun for me. I learned a lot, and I also... uh I went to New York. I worked at the New York Shakespeare Festival for many years in the business side. I went out on the road with a chorus line, which I loved. And, uh, and then I wrote, co-wrote and produced my own play with my brother. We produced it at a couple of theaters and then, uh, off Broadway and then on American Playhouse on PBS on the, public broadcasting channel which was a wonderful honor i really got that writing bug and i love writing as you probably know if you are subscribed to my daily blog and i uh write a daily inspiration virtually every day of the year and sometimes people get a little annoyed with me that i send it later but sometimes i just don't feel like writing it that particular day in that way and I want to write it early in the morning and it, if, depending on where I am it goes later in the day <laughs> anyway I write daily inspiration and I record a prayer to go with it every day uh, I started writing that daily inspiration in 97 98 somewhere in there and then I started doing the prayer in 97, recording a daily prayer in 97. So, I've been doing that now for 11 years, the daily prayer. And there's actually a podcast of the prayers, and uh, we transcribe the prayers, uh, and yeah. Because people ask for things, we do our best to provide them, and all of that is free. The daily inspiration, I call it my daily shot of spiritual espresso, that's free. You can subscribe to it at jenniferhadley.com. You can download the prayers, you can download the transcripts of the prayers, you can get the prayers on the podcast, just like you can get this radio show on the podcast. I love podcasts. I have a podcast app on my phone, and mostly I listen to my class. And um, I love that. Uh, I, I don't have time to listen to a lot of other people's podcasts anymore. But um, I love that we can, it's so much easier than having to download one thing at a time. So you can get the podcast of the prayers and the podcast of the radio show. And if you'd like any help with that, you can write to us at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at jenniferhadley.com. And if you go to um, livingacourseofmiracles.com forward slash radio, you can find all the previous episodes there. If you're only interested in one episode, you're not interested in the podcast, you can always go there, and you can get the transcripts there as well. So that's great. And um, you can search. We have a search function there at livingacourseofmiracles.com forward slash radio. And you can sign up for the Daily Espresso there. You can also get my free How to Get Over It workshop there. Lots of different things there. And... Uh, if you'd like to write and tell us what your uh, what topic you're interested in, you can do that at admin at jenniferhadley.com. So, uh, back to ministering. Just listening to spirit here. So, uh, for me... I had this deep-seated belief that I, that I was fundamentally bad and wrong. 
really something terribly, terribly wrong with me. And the thing that was terribly, terribly wrong with me was not clear. But what was clear was that I had a strong suspicion that I was fundamentally bad, like a bad seed, a bad egg. Nothing to be done about it. So sad. Sad. And um, my prayer work, which is why I teach prayer now, it's so valuable to me, my prayer work healed that belief in my fundamental badness. Another thing that uh, really supported me was that I, as a spiritual counselor, I became a licensed uh, practitioner at Agape in 2000, and so I began my counseling career. Now I train, as you probably know, I train and teach spiritual counselors, which is one of my great joys. Such wonderful people counseling now through the Power of Love Ministry, and uh, they and all the trainees work on a donation basis. So you can go to um, jenniferhadley.com and under the classes menu on the navigation bar, you can go down to spiritual counseling and you can find that as well. Uh, And as a spiritual counselor, my commitment to see people as whole, perfect, and complete helped me to see myself that way. So really, my work as a spiritual counselor was deeply healing and transformative to me, which is why I feel so called to support people in having that profession or even just learning it as a a way of increasing your spiritual understanding. It certainly was absolutely life-changing for me. My commitment to seeing the perfection in others, just like it says in A Course of Miracles, my brothers and sisters helped me to see it in myself, and I am forever grateful for that. And it continues in my work as a counselor and in my work as someone who teaches classes. So... And by the way, it's interesting that someone asked for this topic because it's really coinciding with the expansion of Power of Love Ministries. That's our foundational ministry that that I founded in 2013 that's offering all the classes. Uh, we are now really expanding into the curriculum of teacher minister also prayer practitioner as well as spiritual counseling so these things are evolving and i hope to have a free class and talk about that becoming a minister through the power of love ministry or becoming a teacher becoming um a teacher minister and what i know is that as it says in A Course in Miracles, truly, that the, the best that our students have already been assigned to us. And that we can't change that. They can't change that. And they're just waiting for us to be ready to learn. And that's what I found. And I'll talk more about that in um, the next segment of this broadcast. But I would like to say before we go to break here that... All are worthy, truly, and that when we say yes to living as that teacher of God and walking in the world as that teacher of God, then the ways that we are to minister begin to become shown to us. Lesson 172, I am among the ministers of God. That's workbook lesson 172. I am among the ministers of God. If you are feeling the call that we all get, use that affirmation. I am among the ministers of God. Lesson 154. 
paragraph 13. I am among the ministers of God, and I am grateful that I have the means by which to recognize that I am free. I am among the ministers of God, and I am grateful that I have the means by which to recognize that I am free. I, Spirit showed me that, and that's what I began to work with before I even came to A Course in Miracles. Right? Lesson 154. I am among the ministers of God. I am among the ministers of God. Lesson 153. The ministers of God can never fail because the love and strength and peace that shine from them to all their brothers come from God. Come from Him. These are God's gifts to you. Defenselessness is all you need to give God in return. This is the truth of our being. Let us walk it and let us talk it every day in every way. (sighs) So it's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Jennifer Hadley, we're talking about being worthy. Of course, we are worthy of being a minister, being a teacher. One of the things that interrupts that sense of worthiness is the idea that people need our help. And this is one of the things that I I learned early on in my studies as a practitioner. And I'm so grateful for this awareness. If I view anyone in my world as having a problem or needing help, I have forgotten what the truth is. If I am looking at people and thinking, oh my gosh, they have a big problem. They need my help. Then I have forgotten that God is omnipresent and omniactive. And now I'm, my ego is thinking I need to help them. Now, many times, in fact, every single day, I feel intuitively led and guided to support someone, to assist them, to reach out to them, to respond to them, to connect with them, to be helpful to them. However, I work with my mind If I am looking at them and thinking they need my help, that they have a problem. And Spirit led me to a section here in um, the Manual for Teachers that you may find helpful. It's uh, related in this topic here. So it's uh, in section... Uh, Chapter 5 in the Manual for Teachers, in uh, the second section within that Chapter 5, is entitled, The Shift in Perception. And this is very much what we're talking about here. In Paragraph 2, so we're Manual for Teachers, Chapter 5, Section 2, Paragraph 2. It says, the acceptance of sickness as a decision of the mind for a purpose for which it would use the body is the basis of healing. And this is so for healing in all forms. A patient decides that this is so and he recovers. So the acceptance of sickness as a decision of the mind helps us to recover. It 
says, if he decides against recovery, he will not be healed. Who is the physician? Only the mind of the patient himself. The outcome is what he decides that it is. Special agents seem to be ministering to him, yet they but give form to his own choice. So I would say this. It says here, special agents seem to be ministering to him. And to me, what Jesus means there is angels, ascended masters, uh, beings of light, that kind of thing. Special agents, it could even be people in human form, seem to be ministering to him, yet they but give form to that person's own choice, which is the decision of the mind. And it says he chooses them, the patient chooses them in order to bring tangible form to his desires. And it is this they do, and nothing else. They are not actually needed at all. This is the thing. No one needs a minister. No one needs that. What? Nothing is needed. That's the key for us to understand. If we're looking at the world as needing something, we are in need of prayer ourselves. We are not thinking correctly. So this is the thing that really helped me and prepared me as a minister. Sitting with clients, spiritual counseling, where folks were experiencing extreme difficulties, problems, physical problems, emotional problems, mental problems, spiritual problems, energetic problems, all kinds of problems they were experiencing. And my job, first and foremost, which I took as a impetus from spirit, my job was to not see the problem, to not accept the problem. That was my job as a spiritual counselor, and that's the training that I offer to the counselors I am training is, let us not see the problem. Let us not make the problem real. So that's the thing here. It goes on to say, the patient could merely rise up without their aid and say, I have no use for this. There is no form of sickness that would not be cured at once. I have no use for this. I'm not interested in this. How many times have you heard me say, I am not interested in this anymore. I'm done with it. And this is is the same method. I have no use for this. I'm not interested in this. I am the light of the world, and that's all I'm interested in. I'm no longer interested in experiencing a problem. As Jesus says to us here, the patient could merely rise up without the aid of all the invisible helpers and visible helpers and say, I have no use for this. There is no form of sickness that would not be cured at once if you believe it, if you mean it. I remember once somebody was interviewing me and they said, do you feel that it's right to charge money as a healer? And my answer to that was, first of all, I am not the healer. Of anyone but me. That's what Jesus is saying here. That the healers, visible and invisible, are not actually needed at all. It's helpful to have support. It's helpful to have encouragement. It's helpful to have others joined with us 
but they are not actually needed at all. Because no matter how many people are joined with us or not, one with God is the majority. And as soon as we say, I have no use for this, everything changes. Because this is a world of projections. We experience what we project. We have, we are the ones that have to decide we're no longer interested in it. So when this, the interviewer asked me, what do you think about charging money for healing? I said, first of all, the only person I can heal is myself at the level of the mind. I change my mind and my life heals. My finances heal. My relationships heal. My body heals as I change my mind. Number two, I don't have the ability to change anyone's mind but my own, of course. So I can't heal anyone else. However, I can see others correctly and they can join with me and then they can have a healing. And that's what I do as a teacher and a spiritual counselor. I join with others And many times uh, people have come to me for spiritual counseling and they have insisted that they had a problem. And sometimes people don't like it when I don't wish to agree with them. I have compassion. I do, I do, I do for what people are going through. Of course I do. But when people want to convince me that they have a problem, that something is happening to them from outside their own mind, I can't agree with them because I love them. That would be, imagine if somebody agreed with you. Sometimes I've had a client who was so convinced they had a problem, I decided to just pretend I agreed with them and said, yes, you have very big problems. And I don't think you can overcome them. I think you just have to accept them. And people go, what? I'm like, I'm kidding. Of course I don't believe that. <laughs> but they, but you'd be surprised, or maybe you wouldn't, because I used to do this, try and convince uh, you try and convince other people that your problems are so big and the problems are some, something is happening to you because we don't wish to take responsibility. But we can take responsibility and then say, I have no use for this. I'm not interested in this anymore. I am a creature of love and light. I am one with the infinite mind of God. I'm no longer subject to this false belief. I Give it to the Holy Spirit for healing now. And that's precisely what I teach in my Finding Freedom boot camp class and in my year-long Masterful Living course. And the people who practice it, who really practice it, have amazing, miraculous healing. They do. And it's, it's not just saying the words. Of course, that's a start. Uh, Jesus tells us in the workbook, you don't have to believe it. To begin, just start practicing it. That There's your willingness. That's the beginning. So when we're ministering to people, we can't see that they have, we can't buy the problem. The only one I can heal is my myself. This is why now Jesus, he was expert at joining with others who were willing. The woman with the issue of blood, she went to Jesus for healing. She was willing. She was demonstrating her willingness. Her total willingness is what healed her. When people would say to Jesus, thank you for my healing, he would say, why thank me? Your faith made you whole. Many times they put their faith in Jesus, but that is the thing that caused the healing, their willingness to join with Jesus and their faith in his ability to see the truth. That's what supported them in giving up the idea that they weren't already whole. All are called to this work. We can do it while we're doing other things. We can do it while we're working as a chef. 
We can do it while we're working as a kindergarten teacher. We can do it while we're working as an insurance adjuster. We can do it doing whatever it is that we do. We can be an accountant. We can be an attorney. We can be a pizza maker. And we can also be a professional minister. All are worthy. All are called. And our willingness to see that, despite what people are doing, they may look like they're being the dictator of a country, but still within them is the calling to be a teacher of God and to minister. Yes. So I think of ministry as being, as Christ walked the earth, he was ministering to people, comforting the sick. Right, But not agreeing to see them as having a problem, but still comforting them. Having compassion, understanding, extending love. That's what ministers do. That's what teachers of God do. They extend love. They hold the right perspective. Remember, Lesson 190 in the workbook, pain is a wrong perspective. Ministers hold the right perspective. Just because we're not able to do it 100% of the time doesn't mean we can't be a wonderful and successful minister. I don't feel that I'm yet 100% of the time. I, my percentage, I don't even, I don't evaluate my percentage anymore. I, once I got to 51%, I felt the shift now I'm mostly aligned with the truth, and I feel that increasing all the time. I have no use for my own opinions and judgments anymore. But sometimes, for a minute, I think, oh, I'm right about this. Oh, no, it doesn't feel good. No, no, I'm not right about this. But I still get annoyed, frustrated, a little irritated by something Almost every day. I really do. I notice it. But that's my healing opportunity and I claim it. All are called. All are called. So practice where we are. That's the main thing. I would also, I can feel it's important for me to talk a little bit about some of the uh, things that are coming up. So John Mundy and I are joining together, which I'm very excited about. Uh, We are going to be offering trainings for teachers and ministers, uh, those who aspire to be, those who already are. And, of course, anyone is welcome. And these uh, offerings, these three retreats that we're offering in August, uh, as I record this, it's uh, 2018, And uh, we're going to do three events in August, and they are uh, teacher trainings. And what we're offering is, uh, hang on a second here. These three, I need to just make sure I say the dates correctly, (laughs) Um, that we're offering teacher training minister training on the topics of inspirational speaking and teaching and writing. So if you uh, if you are on my mailing list, you would have gotten uh, information about it over the last few days. I sent out some emails about it and our our newsletter with what's coming up. So These three events, you can come to one or come to all three. So the first one is inspirational writing, writing books, articles, and blogs that inspire. And that's August 16th to the 19th. It's a Thursday to a Sunday. And all three events are at the the Time Hotel in Nyack, New York. It's a beautiful boutique hotel. 
and uh, it's just 45 minutes from Times Square in Manhattan. You can take the subway. Uh, you can also, it's 45 minutes from LaGuardia Airport. I know we've got people coming in from outside the United States. Wonderful. That's why I'm doing all three of these back-to-back, so that people who are coming from Australia, from Europe, from wherever you might be coming from, that you can do all three of them at once, because they are going to be foundational parts of the ministered teaching program that I'm developing at Power of Love Ministry. So John's going to teach sections of these. I'm teaching the majority of them. Uh, the second one is called Leading or Creating a Workshop, Teaching in a Way that is Transformational and Healing. And then the third one is Inspired Speaking, Preparing and Giving an Inspired Talk. So the second one is five days, four nights, and the third one is four days, three nights. So all told, it's August 16th to the 26th, and we've made them as affordable as possible. You can stay at the hotel or not. We've got a great rate at the hotel, uh, and uh, you can share a room. Um, We truly have a great, great rate at the hotel. I forget exactly what it is right now, Uh, but it's around in the neighborhood of $120 a night, and you can share that room with someone. So, um, and they have a wonderful restaurant there, and breakfast is included in their nightly rate. And uh, we have early bird discounts on until July 5th, and uh, we also have, uh, you can save an extra $300 if you register for all three. So all the details are at jenniferhadley.com. And as you know, John Mundy's been a minister. I've been a minister since 2016, uh, officially licensed as a minister from Agape since 2016. And John has been a minister for, well, you know what? He was a, he was a Methodist minister when he met Helen Shookman. Right. She was his um, therapist for a couple of years. That's how he discovered A Course in Miracles. And he has been, so he has been a minister for, I would guess he's been a minister for about 50 years. <laughs> and he's certainly written a, a stack of books and given a gazillion talks. So we have a lot of experience at this. I started my own spiritual community with Jesse Brune. I did a radio show with him once a few years ago, and uh, which continues on. It's called Inspire LA. And uh, he and I started that in 2009. And so for four years, I was doing Sunday sermons. Uh, and I've, I've given a lot of talks at Agape. I couldn't even tell you how many. 60, 70 talks at Agape. Um, so we know a lot about inspirational speaking and writing. And uh, I'm really excited for the part where I'm going to teach you how to do a workshop, how to write and create a workshop, and then how to lead it. Because, oh my God, I had so much trial and error, and I would love to spare you that. <laughs> and. Uh, Yes, there are a lot of things I learned that make doing workshops powerful, effective, easy, and not nerve-wracking. Yes, so I've really learned to follow Spirit's guidance in in doing all of these things, and I'm so happy to share with you. And one of the things in the, the section on how to lead and offer a workshop, I'm going to share with you how to lead my Forgive and Be Free workshop. Because I would love for people all over the world to be offering my Forgive and Be Free workshop and supporting more and more people practicing forgiveness, not just studying A Course in Miracles, but actively practicing forgiveness. So excited for that. Very, very excited. So going back to, we've got a few minutes left here, going back to ministering and being a teacher of God. All are called. 
Will we answer? This is the big question. Will we answer? Will we say yes to it? Will we answer that call? In uh, Lesson 153, Paragraph 10, Be still a moment, and in silence, think how holy is your purpose, how secure you rest, untouchable within its light. God's ministers have chosen that the truth be with them. Who is holier than they? Who could be surer that his happiness is fully guaranteed? And who could be more mightily protected? What defense could possibly be needed by the ones who are among the chosen ones of God, by his election and their own as well? It is the function of God's ministers to help their brothers choose as they have done. God has elected all, but few have come to realize God's will is but their own. And while you fail to teach what you have learned, salvation waits, and darkness holds the world in grim imprisonment. Nor will you learn that light has come to you and your escape has been accomplished, for you will not see the light until you offer it to all your brothers. As they take it from your hands, so will you recognize it as your own. This is the truth of our being. Yes. All are called. Let us choose it. Let us share it. Let us be among the teachers of God and the ministers of God now and forevermore. This ministry, Power of Love Ministry, that I began officially as a, uh, under the eyes of the U.S. government as a nonprofit organization in 2013, but I began in my heart decades ago. This ministry is a teaching ministry, and it's funded by the people who take the classes and the people who make donations. Let us pray. With my hand on my heart, I am grateful and thankful to accept my role as a teacher of God and share it with all. In gratitude, we allow the healing to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Have a great rest of your week. I love you. Mwah.